Open all his boxes, a box of chocolates. Would I know to stay away? What's it? Hand off his box, a box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. a windy day in Ann Arbor. Windy and scary. And you're thinking, no, it's not. It's not windy, and it's not scary. Well, never mind. But anyway, this CD here, okay, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. Hi, this is Mike. And let's get this sounds back up here. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, except on Halloween when it's a show about beating scary. Beating scary? It's a show about speaking inarticulately and being scary. That's it. This is from a collection called Scary Sounds of Halloween. says here on this CD in the WCBN studio, the best dollar I ever spent at Target. And that is good enough for me. First of all, we're going to get started with a little bit of food reference, just so you can remember that this is a, this is a food show, just to reassure you, everything's going to be all right. It's going to be safe. It's all about food. But sometimes food is scary. So fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a cliche. I mean, get ready for this. It's gonna make your mind. Uh, 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 uh. 
<laughs> Beware the really annoying laugh. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was Screamin' Jay Hawkins, and no Halloween-oriented radio program is the same without Screamin' Jay Hawkins. That was a very important recipe, and you will be tested at the end of the show for how to make alligator wine. Thank you, Screamin' Jay Hawkins. So I have some very strange stories, but all these stories are true. There once was a really annoying neighbor who used to rev their car really loudly. And they had a really annoying laugh. And there were lots of cicadas. And... And somebody needed help with their taxes and freaked out because they started dreaming about it. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, uh, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. I, I can't really make an excuse that it's a show about food. Nonetheless, did you know, I heard this actually from the author Margaret Atwood today, and this is something that's not new, but it's new to me. Did you know that thanks to genetics, they've mixed the genes of spiders with goats? Isn't that reassuring and really frightening for Halloween? I'm frightened. It can frighten you any day of the year, really. This is from the Sunday Telegraph of England, I believe London. As comic book hero Spider-Man fills cinemas with his webby adventures, yeah, this is dated, prepare to meet an equally astonishing creation, Spider-Goat. Scientists have combined the DNA from a goat and spider to create an animal which produces silk that is five times stronger than steel. The fiber, derived from the goat's milk, harnesses the huge strength of silk spun by spiders. Milk. The breakthrough could be worth millions because the silk milk fiber can be used to make body armor, which is far tougher than normal bulletproof vests while weighing little more than a cotton shirt. The hybrid goats were created by the insertion of a single gene from an orb-weaving spider into a fertilized goat egg. The ama- I need to get some scary music behind this. Yeah. The amazing genetically engineered goats are outwardly normal, but carry the gene responsible for production of a spider silk protein. Protein! (laughs) Each goat is only one 70,000th spider, but when fully grown, the females produce... What is going on here? I have no idea what that's supposed to be. But when fully grown, the females produce a milk which can be treated can be treated to produce a fiber with spider silk strength. The animals are believed to be the first commercially viable creatures made from the DNA of two species. Nexia, the Canadian biotech company which produced the goats, which produced the goats, hopes the fiber, dubbed BioSteel, could take a large chunk of the billion-dollar market in industrial fibers. 
and you thought a glass of milk was so innocent. Well, there you go. And by the way, here's another one. This is pretty creepy. Well, it's just weird, really. Anytime you talk about flies, 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 it's really strange. But this is actually from a number of reports. Did you know that false memories have been written on flies' brains? I know, it's terrible! Okay, so anyway, this is, yeah, okay, enough for that. So, researchers, according to the CBC, have been able to directly write memories onto the brains of fruit flies. See, the food reference. This is all about food, it's very educational. Researchers in the UK and US were able to create an association in the flies' brains between an odor and an unpleasant experience, akin to an electric shock. The treated flies avoided the smell as if the bad memory had actually happened. Flies have the ability to learn, but the circuits that instruct memory formation were unknown. Jiro Meisenbeck of the University of Oxford said in a release, Meisenbeck and his colleagues were able to isolate a circuit of just 12 neurons in the flies' brains that, was, that were responsible for memory. To write the memories on the flies' brains, the researchers injected them with molecules responsible for nerve impulses. The molecules were wrapped in a chemical cage that released the molecules when exposed to light. The caged molecules were genetically targeted to activate only certain neurons. So instead of exposing the flies to an electric shock when a particular odor was present, they shone laser light on the flies, releasing the caged molecules and activating the targeted neurons. Initially, the researchers made guesses as to which areas of the flies' brains would be responsible for the memory, but through repeated experiments, they were able to pinpoint the 12 neurons responsible. Meissenbeck says this technique could lead to a greater understanding about how the brain functions by directly stimulating circuits of nerve cells. He said the study of the fruit fly brain can reveal a lot about more complex brains and how they work. It came from a fruit fly's brain. Thank you, Looney Tunes. That was wonderful. That was very inspirational. And that was from the episode Ghost Wanted from 1940, from the Warner Brothers cartoon of the same name, of the Warner Brothers cartoon of the same name. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a slightly disorganized show that pretends to be about food. Uh, but let's let's talk, first of all, about some things going on in the area. 
things going on in Michigan related to Halloween. This is great news for animals in the Detroit Zoo. This just happened yesterday. Smashed pumpkins meant special treats for the residents of the Detroit Zoo, said the AP. The Royal Oak-based zoo said pumpkins, corn stalks, and gourds were employed yesterday in special enrichment activities for the animals. The items were hidden throughout the creatures' habitats to stimulate the normal hunting and foraging activities experienced in the wild. The chimpanzees were treated to pumpkins filled with spaghetti. Mmm. While grizzly bears were able to tackle treat-filled piñatas and bison munched on pumpkins and corn stalks. Mmm. The zoo says the seasonal treats are an annual tradition. And I can tell you, I went to the website and I got information just for you personally. What else was fed to which animals? The storks got pumpkins at 10.30. The snow monkeys got jello treats at 11 a.m. The rhinos got pumpkins and corn stalks at 11.30. The zebras got corn stalks. Corn stalks are good, aren't they? At noon. And wolverines. Did you know there were wolverines in Michigan? There really are. In the zoo, anyway. The wolverines got a piñata with pumpkins and spaghetti. I don't know if you put spaghetti in the piñata, but that's an idea that I haven't tried. And polar bears got pumpkins at 2 o'clock. According to the Detroit Zoo, environmental enrichment includes the introduction of novel and sometimes unpredictable elements, sounds like Halloween, such as objects, sounds, scents, or other stimuli that encourage the animals to respond in species-typical ways Given, giving them the choice and giving them choice and control over their environment, and engage them in work to obtain food, much as they would in the wild. Spooky, isn't it? Well, here's a poem. It goes uh, something like this: Creamy pumpkins, when the land tilts, run north, leave the family. You are the important one, the dreamer. The world needs its dreamers. Heads like creamy pumpkins, quiet skin, eyes that swivel round like smoke, like turquoise, like bulby grapes, seeing where others face an empty flat wall. The land tilted, and I ran south, for not only did the land tilt the other way, but no one tells me what to do. I ran through snakes in the mud, boiling heaps of string screaming like a million kettles, and reached a woman kneeling on a bush in her nightie, terrified. I leapt up beside her, but only for a moment, for she was beside herself, and there was no room. Okay, that was supposed to be the sound of wind, the sound of wind. Do you hear the wind? I don't hear any wind. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and I got wind of the fact that I hit the wrong button. But nonetheless, I believe this is one of our special Halloween guests here called The Wind. Yes. Boy, that was smooth. Haven't we heard you already? You can't scare us. Forget about it. Now this, I believe, is scary. These are gills, sort of googly red things, and they fit in there, and you cut them at the bottom and at the top and just throw them away, and then you whack him up. Wang! Thank you. Thank you, Julia. Thank you. We're going to be 
visited by several ghosts of Halloween current and past. Julia Child is gone, but her spirit lives with us evermore. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and it's really hard to explain what I'm getting on about right now. But I wanted to also talk about other things going on in the area. We talked about something that already happened. The animals at the Detroit Zoo got their own Halloween treats. But there are other things going on in the area. Especially, you should know this, in Grand Rapids. In Grand Rapids, they're going to try to do something that has not been done before this well. It goes like this. Zombies have been seen in Ann Arbor sometimes. They've been seen in Detroit. It was famously an infestation of Santa zombies some years ago in downtown Ann Arbor, right around, would you believe, Christmas time. And there were also zombies at the Super Bowl. This is also true. Well, excuse me. Well, coming up, excuse me, that's just really annoying. Coming up in just a few days, Grand Rapids is going to have an attempt to break the world record for the world's largest zombie walk. Last year, Grand Rapids broke the record with 4,000 zombies. Since then, Seattle broke ahead, setting the record at 4,277 zombies. It says here, right here, piece of paper, it's time for Grand Rapids to take it back. The event is happening in downtown Grand Rapids, starting at Calder Plaza. Unfortunately, I don't have the exact date here, but nonetheless, look it up. Go to one of those interwebs and, ooh, interwebs, I like that, and find out about this. There's going to be a zombie walk with a massive mob of people dressed as zombies. Here it goes. They're going to walk together as a massive horde in downtown Grand Rapids on October 30th. That, in fact, I believe, is tomorrow. It's going to start at 8 p.m. at Calder Plaza. It says here, outfits are as basic as you want. White t-shirts with some ketchup equals perfect. And you can find out more at zombiemaker.com. So in Grand Rapids, they're going to set, if they can, the world record. And in fact, some Guinness people are going to be there. Not, not the beer, but the Guinness world record people are going to be there to certify the number of, of zombies. Make sure that you get in costume before the event and do not put bloody handprints on anything or on any cars, buildings, etc. at the event. Bring canned food, it says here, to this event to help feed the poor and homeless. Feeding America West Michigan Food Bank will be on hand. See, it's all about food, and that is a good thing. Find out at zombiemaker.com and well on the general interwebs what's going to happen tomorrow night in Grand Rapids. An attempt to break a record. Oh, did I tell you who that was doing creamy pumpkins? I didn't. That was Ivor Cutler, the wonderfully eccentric British gentleman who, again, like Julia Child, is no longer with us, but nonetheless has never really gone away. Exactly. Well, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. Coming up at 10, it will be time to face the music. But in the meantime, I want to let you know some more about particular events going on in Michigan. The Detroit Science Center, you should know, has mummies, as a matter of fact, real honest-to-God mummies. It's a celebration of the Day of the Dead, and actually it's going to be going on for quite some time. It started already. It's called the Accidental 
mummies of Guanajuato. And this is something that is a scientific phenomenon. There have been a couple of discussions as to how this happened. Uh, but the Accidental Mummies is an exhibit that is at the Detroit Science Center. It's designed to tell the story of Guanajuato, Mexico, its culture and its people. Past the exhibit gates, replicating the portal at the cemetery where the first Guanajuato mummy was discovered in 1865, visitors walk through a room bordered with crypts where they learn about Mexican traditions surrounding death. And why is it that they were preserved? According to local legend, the bodies of Guanajuato were preserved because the city's water is rich with minerals and sulfur. But the former co-host of The Mummy Show, and we've all watched that many times, says that researchers believe hot weather warmed the crypts, drying out the bodies. You can see them. Hold on, who's this guy? Of the night. They are enraged and full of hate. Tonight, they will steal your fate. <laughs> Excuse me. If you, I got to get around you. Sorry, I got to. I got to get to the microphone. Excuse me. Sorry. Okay. Spirited fellow, wouldn't you say? Well, also going on, there are a number of political things happening, and you can choose for yourself which is more valid. <laughs> which is more valid. Okay. You should know that anti-abortion activist Randall Tell Terry is calling on people to burn effigies of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid this Halloween as part of a Burn in Hell video contest to protest the health care legislation in Congress. Isn't that neat? I think that's just very, very, very charming. That's a beautiful thing. N no, this is not a threat to their body, an unidentified man says in the instructional video for Burn in Hell. And don't, isn't it nice to know there's an instructional video? It is not a threat to their body, but it is a threat to their soul. Ouch. I hate when that happens. But, okay, here's an alternative to burn in hell, burning in hell. If you were looking for an alternative to burning effigies of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid this Halloween, and I know many people are looking for an alternative to that, here's another opinion. It says here on this poster, which is around town, you, sh you should see, it's scary living in the U.S. without health insurance. I actually think that is kind of scary. Well, there's going to be a rally for health care on October 31st from noon to 2 p.m. at the Federal Building on Liberty Street in Ann Arbor. And it's sponsored by the Citizens United for Single-Payer Health Care. That's CUSP is how they spell it. Citizens United for Single-Payer Health Care. A rally for health care October 31st from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. That's at the Federal Building, which is on Liberty Street in Ann Arbor. Something very spooky has happened. I just said that Face the Music starts at 10. What is happening to my mind? It's 10 o'clock in the uh, mid-Atlantic time zone. For those of you listening on uh, weather balloons or those of you who think you're in balloons but are actually at home hiding in the attic, nonetheless, Face the Music does start at 7 Eastern time. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and there are very strange things happening. There are spiders and ghosts, and there are... Oh! Oh, another thing, of course, Detroit is having its annual Angels Night attempts to stop fires from tonight through October 31st. They will include the Detroit Blading Company. 
the Detroit Blading Company and friends will take to the streets on skates. Walter Johnson will lead the Angels Night inline skate patrol on Friday. They will meet at the Butzel Family Center on Kirchival. The patrol will leave at 6.30 p.m. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. There's so much to say and so much to laugh about in slow motion and so little time to talk about it. But I will mention that there is one more set of events happening that doesn't end on Halloween, but actually starts on Halloween and continues for a few days. The Mexican Festival, the Mexican Day of the Dead, Dia de Muertos. According to this here website on southwest Detroit, the Dia de Muertos, or Day of the Dead, is a holiday celebrated mainly in Mexico and by people of Mexican heritage living in the United States and Canada. The holiday focuses on gatherings of family and friends to pray for and remember friends and relatives who have passed away. Traditions include building private altars honoring the deceased, using sugar skulls, marigolds, and favorite foods and beverages of the departed, and visiting graves with these items as gifts. The days are celebrations of the life of those we love and a commitment to never forget them. So, in southwest Detroit, there are a series of events starting Saturday, October 31st, and going through Tuesday, November 3rd, Look it up on the interwebs and find out about what's happening for the Day of the Dead festivities in southwest Detroit. Well, this has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a fairly long time, but especially in the last half hour. Hope that this has made some sense to you and that you could take this information to you into the night and keep you safe. spooky. This once again is that beautiful CD. Um, Special Ed is doing Face the Music Time. He just showed me a Barbie lunchbox. That is scary. But in the meantime, you're listening to a CD which is marked with the information. According to a fellow named Nick Tater, the best dollar I ever spent at Target is this CD. Thank you for listening. I've been Mike. There's not much that can be done about that. But we will close the show. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm Mike. And we're going to close the show with a song by, excuse me, with a song by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. And I believe there's a food reference in there, but if not, make up your own. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. See you next week, Thursday at 6 30. Cause my demon let him go Gonna run through the world Till he understand his pain Somebody help him Get his demon home again He did a
Cause she finally got across to the crazy little demon that a woman still about. Down in the valley on the foggy hill rock, you can see a little demon blowing his top. Afternoon, he even made leap year jump over the moon. He took the 4th of July and he put it in May. He took this morning, bought back yesterday. He did a WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I'm Ed Special, and I'm sitting in for our wolf. He cannot be here, for he has been swallowed up by cats. Enjoy. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to one of television's most exciting shows. This is your death. And now, here is our dearly beloved host. Afternoon, good evening, friends. Our subject for tonight is that world-famous scientist who created all the monsters for horror movies. Now, he doesn't have the faintest idea he's going to be on television. He thinks he's been brought down here to build a creature for a new TV series. Well, let's go into the special effects room here at the studio where he's getting ready to demonstrate it. Dr. Von Steiner? Dr. Von Steiner? Not only that, but it blew blood all over. 